1: Well, starting on uh, today even, but certainly on Friday night and for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about and hearing about, uh, talking to one another about one of the most important births, uh, not one of the most important, the most important birth to take place in the earth, and that is the birth of Jesus Christ. But every time we get to this time of the year, um, I start thinking about uh, I think in pictures, and so I often think about it like this. You know how you have main characters in a, in a play, but then you have secondary characters, and those secondary characters have a great deal to do with how the play progresses. The secondary characters kind of show you the backstory, if you will. If anybody's had the opportunity, it, anybody like The Wizard of Oz? So the Wizard of Oz was fantastic, but it really makes sense if you go to see Wicked, because Wicked is the backstory to the Wizard of Oz. Well, in that very same way, even not minimizing anything, but in that very same way, we Jesus is the star, without a doubt. But the story starts with a backstory. It starts with somebody who doesn't have credits who doesn't have their name in lights, but whose life and whose approach to God gives us a picture of how he can use us. So I want to talk with us today from the idea of what happens when God's super touches our natural. Is that all right? Look at somebody and say, God wants to do the impossible through you. And look at the other one and say, and he, can, and he can, if you let him. In Luke chapter 1, we see the announcement uh, to Mary about Christ's birth. And the text says in the New, in the new King James, in verse 30, 26, it starts and it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, I want to stop there for just a second because the first thing that I want you to see is that God decides to do something that's going to change the entire world, and he decides to do it through an ordinary vessel. He doesn't go and he, he doesn't pick someone who is high. He doesn't pick anybody who is well-known. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that he goes to a virgin, and she wasn't the only virgin. As a matter of fact, the word virgin there means an unmarried woman, because in scriptural times, it was presumed that if you weren't married— I like (laughs) y'all so she's not the only virgin but also she's not the only Mary as a matter of fact I think I counted about six Marys uh, in the New Testament so what that says to me is this woman is now going to be significant in the life of and the history of the world forever But her significance is preceded by a heart of surrender. All she did, she was just a regular girl who surrendered her life to God. Oh, that God could find some regular girls and boys, men and women, who would just surrender their lives to God. Sometimes we make people feel like in order to do anything, in order for God to do something magnanimous, then we've got to be somebody special. We've got to be on the pulpit. We've got to have a title in front of our names. We've got to be from the right side of the tracks. We've got to be rightly connected. i got to know this was my mentor. But I'm so glad that he starts the story with somebody who is nobody says an ordinary vessel and then in verse 28 it says and having come in the angel said to her rejoice highly favored one the Lord is with you blessed are you among women now he hasn't even given her the assignment yet but he comes declaring about her what God has already said. He, basically, he's saying, you are an ordinary person, but you're about to get an extraordinary call. Right. He says, you're highly favored, meaning you are acceptable, you're beneficial, and you're endued with special honor. You're acceptable. I love that. I love the fact that I don't have to be anything special to you to be acceptable to God. The problem is many of us spend most of our time trying to be acceptable to people, and many times that causes us to do things and say things that make us unacceptable to God. But he declared, before you do anything, before you say anything, before I lay my hands on you, before I even tell you what the assignment is, I need you to know you're acceptable. You're good right where you are. Somebody is free right there because some of us think we're not acceptable until we do something. Baby, you are acceptable because you are something. He says you're acceptable, and it says, and you're beneficial, meaning I can use you. You know, there's some things that I have in my house that are nice, but they're not beneficial. I can't do nothing with them. Have y'all ever gotten a gift? It's cute, but it ain't got no use whatsoever, as my grandmama used to say. It's not beneficial. But he says, not only are you acceptable, but you're beneficial. You are of benefit to me. You are of value to me. I can use you because you are already beneficial. And then he also tells her, you're beneficial, you're acceptable, beneficial, and then you're endued with special honor. And I didn't think about this until this morning when I was ministering, and I was thinking about it. Of course, we understand that Mary is going to be the carrier of the presence of Almighty God. She's going to be the container, the vessel for Almighty God. But think about this. Now, he says she is already endued with special honor. She's endued endued with special honor because God has already got the finished plan in his head. So he doesn't have to wait until she's pregnant with him because God calls those things that be not. I know we say, we call and think, you ain't calling nothing, baby. God calls those things that be not as though they were. See, we can't do it because we don't have creative power like that. But see, God can say you've got special honor before the honor gets in you simply because he knows if he says a thing, it's got to come to pass. Come on, we're talking about the God who stepped out of nothing, onto nothing said something and everything that was not was so he says and now you're endued with special honor with special privilege i'm gonna use you for my glory how much more how much more ellen those of us who now live and walk wall to wall holy ghost when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Lord comes and he lives on the inside of us. And so now we are carrying the honor every day. I thought about what Elder Melinda said. Sometimes we forget because nothing big has happened. Nothing great or grand has happened. But if, if, if this is nothing but an ordinary day, I'm still carrying an extraordinary treasure on the inside. So he calls this ordinary vessel, and he extends an extraordinary call. You're highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Listen, it pays to know who's with you. (laughs) It pays to know who's with you. uh, It's so interesting. I thought about how the scripture talks about uh, God saying, "I, I will not leave you nor forsake you. And I was thinking about that. The Lord is with me. Even the very name that is given, one of the names for Jesus, is Emmanuel. And when that name is broken down, it literally means, with us, God. And we interpret it and we say, God with us. So he says, you're highly favored, the Lord is with you, and you're blessed among women. You're blessed, meaning you're spoken well of. You know, in other words, I, the assignment, think about it, the assignment she's about to receive is one that could get her killed. Yeah, I see, nowadays we, we have to read the scriptures within the culture of the scripture. We can't read the scriptures in the culture that we live in. See, in those days, if you came up talking about you were with child... Never mind that you didn't... And never mind trying to tell somebody that you had never been with a man. Don't even bother that. Whether you knew the man or you didn't know the man. The fact that he wasn't your man. The (laughs) The Levitical law said, stone her. Stone her. Now, I know we don't quite get that now because... Man or no man, we throwing baby showers. But back then, they were throwing stones, baby. <laughs> so it's so interesting that the Lord says, blessed are you among women. You are going to be spoken well of. What? But I love that because part of an extraordinary call, even if God sends you and I into something that's unpopular and may rub against our uh, image, the thing is this, the ones who spoke against your baby one day, they're going to have to call you blessed. Just stay the course. Just keep on going. Keep moving forward. Apostle Scales always says this, stay focused and keep moving forward. Because folks may talk about you now. But what I have discovered in my life is the people that talk about you now, they'll be calling you later on, trying to get a little something-something. So God calls this ordinary vessel, and he extends an extraordinary call. And then what, we, what happens is she gives a natural response. In 29 to 33, it says, but when she saw him, meaning this angel, the first thing it says is she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, now now he's unpacking it. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now how many of us will tell the truth? Knowing what the circumstances could bring you know you would not be standing up there talking to the angel, talking about, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> it would not be like it was in this place, thick like it was in this place earlier today. No, you would not be running around the building. You'd not be falling on your face. There'd be no dancing and shouting. How many of you would tell the truth and say, yeah. Important. The important thing here is, I'm glad that he used an ordinary person and gave him an extraordinary call. And I'm even gladder that she had a natural response. Because sometimes what happens is when God wants to do a thing in us and through us, it can look overwhelming. And then we feel like if there's any fear or concern, we can't say anything because after all, it's the call of God. It's the assignment of God. But listen to me, God is not moved by our natural response. Nowhere in the text do you see the angel Gabriel correcting her or coming against what she has said. Because God already understands that if you're going to do anything for him, it's going to be bigger than you and there will be some trouble in your mind. Because the text says she was troubled, meaning she was disturbed and she was agitated. Can I put myself in there for just a half a second? Because sometimes, can I tell you the truth? Sometimes when God tells me things that he wants done, I get disturbed. But more than that, I get agitated. believe I will. Isn't that right? I get agitated. I'm like, well, if you were going to do all that through me, first of all, why couldn't you have done that 20 years ago when I was younger? <laughs> when I was willing to jump off a ledge. <laughs> you don't know nothing about what I'm talking about. See, you get a little bit older, you ain't trying to jump off no ledges, baby. You're like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. The, nice, the nice term for it is risk averse risk averse but I mean call it nice call it nasty whatever you call it I'm agitated because I'm saying why didn't you do this earlier and I'm agitated because I'm like if you were going to do that through me why didn't you make me a more confident person so when I heard it I'd be like yep that's me by Jiminy <laughs> can identify with her. I really can. I can identify with her. Male or female, I think we can all identify with her. But God is not moved by your agitation. Your agitation will not change the assignment. I said your agitation will not change the assignment. And then it says she was troubled and then she began to wonder. It says she wondered, meaning she reckoned thoroughly. Now that I've gotten my attitude halfway right, now I'm trying to figure this thing out. I'm pondering, I'm deliberating. How is this going to be? And you can tell, and you can tell I'm right about it because the text says it right there. Because then, verse 34, then Mary says to the angel, oh, thank you for coming and seeing me. I was waiting for you. <laughs> oh, I had, I had this feeling that you wanted to do something special to me, and I'm all prepared. She said, how can this be? Since I do not know a man because that's the natural response. When God wants to do a thing through us many times, we start pondering, how can this be? How am I gonna pay for it, God? Who's gonna come, God? How are people gonna know, God? What if it doesn't work out, God? And God is silent. God is silent. God is silent. Notice this. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I te- now, this, this is a hot biscuit. Look at here. Because the text says that she was troubled and she wondered and the angel didn't say anything. And God didn't respond until she asked, how can this be? it was when she came into agreement even though i'm pondering this thing even though i'm a little agitated about it i haven't ruled it out so all i'm asking you now god is how is this gonna happen how you gonna make this happen and i'm so glad she asked that question because he takes this ordinary vessel he extends this extraordinary call She comes back with a natural response, and God provides a supernatural resource. He says, The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. 36, and indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and is now in the sixth month for her who, has, who was called barren. For with God, I could shout right there. But I don't want you to miss all the other, all the supernatural resources. We know, listen, the first supernatural resource was his person. Because he said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. What I'm asking you to do, I already know you don't have the ability to do. That's why I'm calling you. Because if you'll yield to me, I in you will accomplish what you in you could never do by yourself. So I'm going to give the Holy Ghost to come upon you. Now, the, I, uh, my husband said this many years ago, and it just exploded in my mind. He said the Spirit of God on the, in, on the inside is for you. But he he made a distinction. He said, but the scripture talks about how then the spirit will come upon you. He said it will come. He will come up. On you there are some things God is not going to just reside on the inside he's literally gonna come up and overshadow you so that when people see you accomplishing what he's asked you to do they really aren't seeing you they're really seeing the Holy Ghost upon you oh my god he said the first thing I'm gonna do is give you my my person But he didn't stop there. He then goes on and he says, another part of my supernatural resource is, not only will you get my person, but you're going to get my power. Now, I would have thought that the power of the Holy Ghost was enough, honestly. But listen to this. The word power literally means the ability, the abundance, the meaning, and the might of the Most High. Did you get that? The ability, the abundance, the meaning, and the might of the Most High. He says, I'm going to give you the ability to bring it to pass. You will be able. Now unto him who is able. God is always able. He's always able. He says, so now I'm going to make you like me, and you're going to be able to do what I'm calling you to do, what I'm assigning for you to do. But then he also says, and the abundance. Now, abundance is abundance. I don't care how you slice it. It doesn't matter what it is. it could be resources, it could be strength, it could be whatever. The point is, God already knows what, you, what is needed, and He's saying, whatever's needed, I'm not going to give you what is that thing you say, a T90 bid. The T90 bid. He said, no, no, whatever it is you need to accomplish, what I'm assigning for you to do, I'm going to give you that in abundance. See, listen, if what he's calling for doesn't require money, an abundance of finances is not your answer. But if you need strength and wisdom, an abundance of strength and wisdom, come on, what did he tell Joshua? Only be strong and of good courage. Sometimes it's not. Not a check you need is strength and courage. I'm preaching to myself this morning. So it's the ability, the abundance, and then he says, the meaning. The meaning. And I pondered that thing because I was saying, hmm, but as I looked at it, I realized something. There are times, see, even with Mary, think about it this is a girl who's maybe 15 years old at the time she's got you can you only imagine what's going through her mind now with this big assignment that god is giving her and she doesn't know yet what it all means (laughs) you see it already don't you she doesn't know what it all means I know she doesn't know what it all means because later on her son is going to get away from her during the caravan and she's going to be nervous because how many mothers and fathers know when your children get away from you in a public place you start panicking and when she finally finds him she says what are you doing we were looking for you and he turns around and he says didn't you know Didn't you know that I would be here? Didn't you know that I was going to be about my father's business? So this tells me she doesn't know the meaning of all of this. And it's the same thing with us. Many times we do things in the process of obeying God, and we don't know the full meaning. And sometimes we will never know. Other times we'll get way past the assignment, and then we'll find out what it meant. Let me give you an example. Before my husband and I married, we were in the same church. He was our minister of music. He was on the instrument one Sunday morning. Our pastor preached a sermon. He finished the sermon, and he looked at my husband and he told him, "Play, I don't feel no ways tired." Now I don't know the I don't remember the message, but this is what I do remember about that day. That song it had nothing to do with what he talked about, huh? We were at the end of the service. Everything is done. Like, let's imagine today, we finished communion, announcements, everything. We've hugged and kissed. We've done it all. And then, all of a sudden, Pastor tells Corey, play. I don't feel no way tired. That was how it was. So, man of God that he is, he played and sang. I don't feel no way tired. We let out the service, and everybody went on to the buffet. Nobody thought about anything. The next Sunday, somebody say the next Sunday. Sunday. The self-same next Sunday. A man stood up out of the congregation and asked to give a testimony. I'm not talking about what I heard, I'm talking about what I saw. He asked to give a testimony. And he came up to the front and he said, Last Sunday, I was here in the service. I had made up in my mind that I was going to take my life. He said, I came to church with the intention that that would be the last time that I would be at church. I was going home to kill myself. He said, when I got home, I sat down, I picked up the gun, and I put it to my head. And when I put my finger on the trigger, I heard that guy say, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. You don't always know the meaning. You don't know the meaning. You don't always know the meaning. And that angel told her, the person... Of God, but the power of God, meaning the meaning of God. God's purpose in this thing is going to come upon you. You're going to accomplish it even if you don't know what it is. And then the might of God, the strength of God. I don't mind telling you, I am a girl that like a good fight. I liked a good fight before I was saved. And I keeps me some Vaseline close by in case I got to have one since I've been saved. <laughs> I found out later on I'm cut from the cloth of my mother-in-law, Sally Mae. Much, much sure about this tall, but she was a feisty somebody. The lady that hit her, hit her in the back with that shopping cart in the store found out. So at this stage in my life, I still like a fight. I've just changed my arena. Because the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. So sometimes I'm looking for a devil. Sometimes I'm literally going for a fight. I want something to fight about. I'm feeling a Vaseline moment. And he says he will give you his might because I know that when I go into that battle, I'm not going in with my own strength. I'm not going in with my own ability. I'm not even going in with my own Vaseline. I got an anointing to fight this thing. I got the anointment. (laughs) So he says, he says my resources, my supernatural resources are gonna be my person, my power, he says, and then I'm gonna give you a partner. You say, Where's that? Come on, look in the text. Right there, don't sleep on it. Verse 36. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has what? Also, don't skip that, also conceived a son in her old age. And oh, thank you, Lord. Didn't even think about that. Mary was young, woo, Elizabeth was old, had a little mentoring going on. Come on now. <laughs> and this is now the sixth month for her. Now Mary hasn't gotten pregnant yet. Elizabeth is six months on. And it's the sixth month for her, Oh, Jesus, why didn't I see this earlier today? for her who had been barren. God will give you a partner. When you feel like you can't get the job done, he'll send you to somebody that's been waiting longer, didn't look like they had what was necessary. I'm gonna have to run around this building. Oh, my Jesus, she was bearing somebody who can say, hang in there because they said I couldn't do it. And look at me now. My God, God will send you a partner. He will send you a partner. He will send you somebody to encourage you to keep going because when we start looking at our own limitations, every now and again, we got to wait. Look for somebody that's been waiting a little bit longer. You can't give up now. Them, those partners, and it doesn't have to be anything deep. Sometimes it's just somebody that you know will encourage you. When I came out, uh, out into the sanctuary today, I hugged Delta Melinda, and I said to her, I said, I love it when you're here when I have to preach. I just, you're just a source of encouragement for me. And she said, and I love it when you teach. And it was just a source of encouragement because as quiet as it's kept, I wish y'all would put me in a Sunday school room in the back somewhere. I would be faithful. (laughs) This is not what I wanted to do. This was not where I wanted to be. But this is what God said is the assignment. And he'll give you partners who have been doing it longer, who have been carrying the torch, who will encourage your heart to tell you, don't quit, don't give up, don't stop, keep going. There's more and you're not too old. Isn't that beautiful? Give you somebody older than you who did it later to let you know, no excuses. No excuses. No excuse, come here, come here. No excuses. No excuses. Thank you, Jesus. God, I bless and honor you for this vessel of honor that you've created for your own purposes. Lord, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of churches in this area, in this city. But you decided to put her in this place because you knew that this Mary had an Elizabeth waiting for her. I pray, God, that the baby on the inside will leap and that she will know that everything you have called her to, she will accomplish it. She will get it done. And she'll get it done in a greater measure. She'll go further. She'll stay longer. She will accomplish all that you have called her to do. And I bless you, God, for the literal thousands of women who will have yokes broken because she stayed the course. Now I ask you to bless her mightily in Jesus' name. God, she's experienced a measure of favor. But I'm asking you to do something supernatural now, a token of supernatural favor upon her life so that she will know I've been chosen by God and I'll never be the same again do it oh God I pray in the name of Jesus do it God in Jesus's name in Jesus's name and it is so in the name of Jesus glory to God glory to God glory to God glory to God somebody throw up your hands and say God will send you and Elizabeth baby Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you need a partner. Sometimes you need a partner. God is wonderful. But if you're going to tell the truth, there are times when you and I are to accomplish what he's calling us to do, you need somebody that sees that thing with you, that's willing to walk with you, that's willing to stay with you, that's willing to take the blows with you, that's willing to do whatever it takes for that baby to leap. He said, I'm gonna give you supernatural resources. I'm going to give you my person, my power. I'm going to give you a partner. And then he said, and then I'm going to give you a promise. And that's something? After all of that, who would think you even needed anything? He says, I'm going to give you a promise. And the promise is this. With God, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no thing. Not Nothing. None of them. Nothing is impossible. If God calls for it, it, the only thing that is impossible is that it won't happen. That's the only thing that's impossible. It's impossible for it not to come to pass. Did we know 28 years ago about all of this? Absolutely not. All we knew is what God said. And we said yes to what he said. And we're still learning the meaning. <laughs> we are still learning the meaning. Because nothing is impossible with him. And so with all of that, what's the proper response now? Because the angel, he, he selects, God selects this ordinary vessel. That vessel receives an extraordinary or supernatural assignment. The vessel has a natural response. And God says, I've got supernatural responses. Now the ball's in your cart. Ball's back in your cart. What you gonna do? And this is what she says. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So what's our response to this? To these assignments from God? Our response after we finish moaning and crying, how are we going to take the city, God? Other churches are going to think we, if we say we take in the city, people are going to think that, you know, we think we're all that. Oh How are we going to impact this community that has changed so drastically? And God says, no, you will not live on this side of Marbot Road in fear. You're going to take it all. For my kingdom and for my glory. So, what is my response? Number one, I'm your servant. That's what he's waiting for. Lord, I'm your servant. She said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. I'm your servant. Secondly, I surrender to your will. She said, Let it be to me according to your word. This is the thing that I love. See, if a person tells you something, you might wonder whether it's gonna to come to pass. There are even times when people receive what they, can, what they call prophetic words and they are then looking for it to come to pass. But I can guarantee you this, if God says a thing, You can bang on it, and the only thing that he's waiting for is for you to say, "I'm your servant, and I surrender to your will." I'm going to close with this. In her book, Believing God, Beth Moore said this. She said, "God is busy making you someone no one else has ever been." Did you hear that? God is busy making you someone else that God, I mean, that no one else has ever been. That's what he's doing. He doesn't need a duplicate. He doesn't need another one of you. He needs the one that has never been before, and that's what he's working in you. And uh, I love this, uh, this guy. He actually, he pastors in... Um, <laughs> he pastors in Washington D.C. Mark Batterson is his name, and he's probably most well known for this book that he wrote called *The Circle Maker*, which which was life changing for me. It literally changed my life and changed my prayer life. Um, but I'm reading I'm reading this book by him called *The Wild Goose*, and. You know, those of you who know me know I love to read, and so I had my Kindle. I have my Kindle full of books. I think I might be, it might be sin, though, Delta T. Um, It might be sin. You know how people talk about the sin of gluttony? I'm thinking I might have the sin of (laughs) bookany. Because I keep downloading new books, and I haven't read all the books I have. But I, I love to read, and so i try to take every opportunity that i can and just before we were leaving um myrtle beach to come back home yet yesterday i said well let me just read a little bit more of his book and this is where i ended just before i left listen to this he said i want to see god do things in me and through me that i'm absolutely incapable of, so that I can't possibly take credit for them. I had to highlight that because I don't know about you, but that's where I am. I'm, I'm at this place now where I want to see God do the supernatural through us. I, I want to see him do that stuff that makes us sit down in the sanctuary and go, how in the world did that happen and he wants to do it but what he needs is some people to say i'm your servant and i surrender to your will
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services once again thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ